the book of Acts tonight. Uh, all over the book of Acts. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. We're going to be in chapter 10. Uh, most, of, most of the night, actually. Actually, we're only going to go to one other verse other than Acts chapter 10 tonight. I, yes. Unless the Lord tells me otherwise while I'm up here. But that's all I have planned for tonight. Um, Brother Howard said we just sang a song. It was very fitting for us to sing and very fitting for the message that I'm bringing tonight that God put on my heart. I, um, I prayed about this message, and I pray about all my messages, don't get me wrong, but I've had so much going on in my head over the last couple of weeks, actually for the last four months, I guess, since the COVID stuff started. And then, you know, after COVID, you have riots, um, and then, you know, we have an election coming up, so that stuff's starting, and it all seems to be playing into the the same hand that's going on, and I was getting very frustrated with the division, and I guess we've always had it, but every, unless it's an election year, you don't see it displayed the way it is, but anyway, um, the division in this country has really gotten me sad, and it's gotten me um, depressed, to say the least, because there's people that I serve in the military with that of all different uh, races and ethnicities, you know, backgrounds, cultures. And, uh, and every once in a while we would talk about issues that we saw in the world, but when push came to shove, we were one, and we went to battle, and we went, we deployed uh, all over the world, and we had each other's backs, and we didn't think about the color of somebody's skin. I mean, you see the color of skin, but you don't think about it. You just put your trust in that person, and they put their trust in you. So it was frustrating me, and but I kept trying to resist the urge to keep preaching about it because it's it's just the obvious thing to preach about. And I'm, I kept praying to God. I'm like, Lord, am I am I am I beating a dead horse here? Am I pushing my agenda? I need to I need to say what you want, not what Richie wants. So I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I didn't even have my Bible with me when I was saying this prayer, but I opened up my Bible app off my phone and um, I just opened it in the Bible app, and it came to Acts 10. I'm like, well, I'll read it. And then I read it. And it was fitting to something that somebody said this week. Uh, do y'all know who Sean King is? You ever heard of him? Sean King, I didn't know who he was. But apparently, uh, he's a liberal. He, he uh, is a supporter of Black Lives Matter. I don't know how deep he is with it, but he pushes Black Lives Matter. And let me say this. I said this this morning. I'll say it again. The term Black Lives Matter, I fully support. The term. Because black lives matter, white lives matter, Asian lives matter, every life matters just equally. They all matter. But the group, the organization Black Lives Matter, I'm going to say it for the world to know if they ever watch this video, they are a terrorist organization hell-bent on destroying America. That's who they are. And if you're following them, that's who you are. Um, the only people that seem to be pushing racism are racist. Um, but we'll talk more about that. The man actually came out and said during all this debacle that's going on in the world about, in our nation, about knocking down Confederate statues, and then apparently these, um, I've got to call them what they are, they're idiots, because they apparently don't know the difference between a Civil War statue and Columbus. And so they knocked down Columbus, and then they're like, well, they didn't stop at Columbus, they knocked down George Washington's statue. And then it didn't stop there. They went after uh, the rest of the statues that were up in D.C. 
And then this guy, Sean King, the reason I bring him up is he came out and has actually called for Black Lives Matter and anybody supporting them to knock down any statues of Jesus Christ and any statues associated with the church and to burn churches. He says that churches are the representation of white supremacists in America. And I got news for you that when I first read that, and I read it thoroughly, and I went back and read it again, there was a couple, three or four words that went through my head that aren't righteous. And it upset me. And I had to pray because we don't return evil with evil. I'm praying for Sean King. But because all that was on my head and I prayed and then God led me to uh, Acts chapter 10, I'm going to read this and I may not read the whole thing, but I'm going to read it to you because it fits exactly with where I'm going to go with this. He says, Sean King says that the church represents white supremacy in America because, and if you haven't noticed, even before he said this, the push the last week was the people who support President Trump are white evangelicals. So there's already a push to, to demonize the evangelical church, and whites specifically. So they're identifying, if you're a Christian, then you've got to be a white supremacist. That's what they're putting this stuff into. And I, I pray to God that three gazillion people see this video and take it to heart. Um, anyhow, Acts chapter 10, let's read this. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are, uh, are come up for memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with Simon, uh, a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. And when the angel was spake unto Cornelius, uh, Cornelius, uh, Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants, and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto him, he sent them to Joppa. On the morrow as they went on their journey and drew on to, uh, to the city, Peter went upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But listen to this. But while he made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. Wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had, men inquiry, uh, had made inquiry from Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, was lodged there. Now I'm going to stop there for a second. We have, um, right up to this verse, we have Cornelius, which is a Roman centurion. He's a Roman man, but he is a devout man. He's a praying man. He believes in God Almighty. 
he praised God so much so that God's speaking to him. So he's a Roman. He's not a Jew. And God tells him to send men to find a Jew that happens to be an apostle and have him come to you because he's going to tell you some things. I'm going to try to shorten this up a little bit so that I don't take up all this time because I've got a lot to say. So he sends to, to, to Peter, and the story tells us, it's recorded in Acts chapter 10, that while Peter was, was there, he's up on the rooftop, he's hungry, and uh, he would have eaten because he's starving, right? He says he's starving, but he's praying, and, and um, God reveals to him this vision and this, this sheet basically comes down, and it has all manner of beasts on it. And the, the voice of, of the angel says, or the Lord says, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, not so, because uh, I've never eaten anything common. What is he talking about there? Well, there's Jewish law, right? Jewish dietary laws. You can only eat what is clean, what God says is clean according to the Jewish law. All right, kosher. It's not kosher. I say that all the time. Um, so I want to explain this to you. Peter is an apostle of Christ, but he's also born in a Jewry. So he's a Jew. So what is Peter doing here? He's crossing over. He's crossing over his, his Jewish roots with his Christian knowledge. He's intermingling, if you will, already. Okay? Now, I'm not faulting him for this because he was raised a Jew. He's probably having an internal battle. But I will tell you this. Paul had it out with him. And we're not going to go there, but if you, if you want to read in Galatians 2, and I think I've preached on it before, Paul and Peter had some discussions about the circumcision. Peter gets right. He comes to, but if you see in this chapter and in the manner of which, I think it's in chapter 11 also that that is uh, talked about in Acts. But Galatians chapter 2, the manner of how Paul deals with him, God is teaching Peter even now, even after uh, Jesus has moved on physically, the Holy Spirit is showing Peter the truth. And Peter's still rooted in his Jewish beliefs. And I can, I can almost understand how, to a certain extent, but then I think, Peter, Jesus was with you, brother. He was right there physically with you. You saw what he did. How can you not believe? And I know he believes, but he's struggling with how he was raised and what he knows. So he even says here in the spirit, to the spirit, not so. Lord, I, I have never eaten anything common. And what does, what does the spirit say back to him? What does it say? It says, it spake to, unto him the second time, said, what God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Now, this whole time, and it goes on to say he's doubting as to what the meaning is of this. There's no doubt in my mind that Peter at this time thinks that he is struggling with a dietary law. He thinks he's struggling with a dietary law, but that's not how God truly meant this lesson to go. The Spirit also tells him, hey, go downstairs because three men have come to you, and I want you to go with them. It's okay. Go with them. I told him to come. So the Spirit leads him downstairs. He goes downstairs. And he says, hey, I'm supposed to come come with you they tell them who they are to tell them who Cornelius is and they 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 start back on their journey to Joppa that's about 50 miles away right the Bible says I believe it says um on the next day or on the morrow they started walking and then right after that on the morrow they entered into Caesarea but we're going to pick up in, in verse 24 at this point okay and the morrow after they entered into Caesarea 
And Cornelius waited for them and called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. That's a no-no. But Peter took him up saying, stand up. I myself am a man. So Peter's correcting him. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, listen to this. This is the Holy Spirit teaching Peter as he talks and as he moves. He says, you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company of or come unto one of another nation. So it was against their, their rules. It was against their law. Don't do that. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. When did he tell him that? When he showed him the vision. So it wasn't just a vision of a dietary law. It was a division of all law. And God was showing him what, what I have cleansed, don't you dare call unclean. And that goes for men. And he's talking in a Roman's house. Get this now. Romans occupying the area, right? Rome's occupying this area. They're at odds with Rome. But if Centurion is a believer in God, a believer in Christ, he, he prays and he's told what to do by the Spirit. And Peter comes to him. And in, the, in, in, in Peter's uh, uh, journey from the rooftop in Joppa to the town of Caesarea, he has now come to the realization that this just wasn't about food. This is about people. It's not about me just hanging out with Jews and treating Jews good. It's about treating everybody good. Therefore, in 29, therefore came I unto you without gainsaying as soon as I was sent for and went right away. When God tells you to move, you move. I asked, therefore, what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, four days ago I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. <laughs> and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a Tanner by the seaside who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. And immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. And this is going to be the driving point to my lesson tonight, my message tonight. Verse 34, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. But in every nation, listen, and every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of what? Lord of all. So to Sean King, to Black Lives Matter, and to anybody else who cares to listen or, or continues to uh, pit um, racist dialogue, and division in this country about the color of someone's skin. I want you to understand one thing. Jesus Christ died for all. God created all. Jesus died for all. You know, I heard the, 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 the context in the last couple of weeks that white people are privileged. 
Well, I don't know about white privilege, but I have Christian privilege. I have privilege that I'm going to heaven because I believe in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God who came into this world and died for everyone who believeth. For all who call upon the name, all who call upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. That's black, white, Asian, uh, Latino. Um, I can't even name them all. You name them. You think of them. Neapolitan. Okay, it doesn't matter if you're four different colors. Jesus died for you and all you have to do is believe. So for somebody to stand up there and says that the church represents white supremacists, or that the depiction of Jesus Christ is, is a, a, a image of white supremacy, boy, that ticks me off. That gets me fired up. And it, I'm sure it gets a lot of people fired up. But I pray for Sean King. I pray for the people of Black Lives Matter. I pray for the people that are dividing this nation. I pray for the people on the other side of the aisle, and they know who they are. They need to stop while they're behind. If you haven't been paying attention, and if you haven't read your Bible, and I'm pretty sure everybody that's in this building right now has read their Bible and knows what I'm talking about, but uh, we are in the last days. There is no doubt in my mind, and I'm not going to put a date on it, and just like Brother Howard said, no man knows. The Bible says it. If somebody says that they're going to put a date on it, run. Run. Okay, they're crazy. I'm not putting a date on it, but I can tell the time. I could tell the ages. I could tell what's going on. I'm not stupid. You're not stupid. Jesus told us what to look for. The Bible is right here for us to read. We see it all around us happening. And just like I said in Bible study this morning, it should set you on fire. It should put a burden on you. Look, I, I have, I'm joyful, and I know I don't look very joyful right now, but I am joyful because I am going to heaven, and I have that, that, that joy in my heart that knows that when this time is up, and when Jesus, when I hear the trump, when you hear the trumpet of the Lord and the voice of the archangel and it spoke and come up hither, you and I are going up thither. And there's going to be a lot of people down here that are mocking, that are deceivers, backbiters. There's going to be a lot of people down here that are going to be very, very sad. They're going to be hurt. And they're going to realize too late. And then they're going to have to go through something that they're not going to want to go through. And that's why it's urgent. That's the burden because I know, look, I don't even know the people that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm addressing tonight. I don't know every person in the BLM movement. I don't know every person that hates Christians. I don't know every person outside the body of Christ. But I know all of them are destined to one, one destination. And that hurts me. Because just like Jesus said, they know not what they do. They really don't. But you know. You know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. So I pray for them. I pray every day. You know, I was, I'm kind of joking with Brother Howard, but I do pray every day, even so come, Lord Jesus. But before I say that, I also pray, Lord, please draw those that are lost to you. I know that not everybody's coming, but Lord, please grab, grab the ones you can. Pull them. But it, I'm ready. And in Jesus' time, it's going to happen. In the Lord's time, it's going to happen. But if you haven't noticed what's going on, it's, it's getting pretty rough. Um, 
but for Mr. King and for all the people that wanted to buy America, the Bible says it time and time again. I believe it's, uh, I think DJ's got it back there on the computer, but I believe it's uh, Romans 2.11, where Paul says that God is not a respecter of persons. So he's echoing what Peter just said. So uh, we know that God's not a respecter of persons. We know that from John 3.16 that God's not a respecter of persons. Not in that aspect. And when Paul, Peter was talking about things common, that wasn't common as, as the word that we, you and I know. I actually did a little because common kind of struck me as funny. Um, in this instance, con, common means ordinary or disesteemed. It means uh, not separated, so not holy. That's right. It's unclean to him. But God's telling him, don't you, call, don't you dare call something unclean that I have cleansed. Well, let me tell you something. I don't care the color of your skin. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what religion you are currently. If you're not washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you're destined to the lake of fire. And that should wake you up. It hurts me to even say that about anybody. That's the only way to be cleansed by God. It's the only way to be cleansed. So if you're not a Christian, if you're one of the ones pointing the fingers at Christianity saying that, that you know, we're, we're white supremacists, well, I got news for you. There's a lot of black Christians. There's a lot of Asian Christians. There's a lot of uh, Latino Christians. There's Christians throughout the earth in every corner. So it's not about white supremacy. You know what it's about? The image of Jesus Christ, you know what it does to somebody? It reminds them that there's consequences for what they're doing. It's a reminder that they have to pay for their sin, and they want to remove every reminder. They want to tear it down. They want to tear it down. I'm going to be the first to tell you, I could care less about a statue. I don't care about the statue. Jesus Christ ain't in the statue. Jesus Christ ain't on that cross. Jesus Christ is alive. And he's on the throne. And he's in my heart in the power of the Holy Spirit. So I don't really care about a statue. If you want to tear down every statue in the world, go right ahead. You're only hurting yourself. The thing that, uh, that offends me, it's not the statue. It's what your actions represent. That statue represents everybody in this church. Because that's who they really want to take down. But I want them to realize that they too, even right now, regardless of color, creed, nationality, ethnicity, regardless of what their religion is currently, if they get on their knees and pray to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, say, Jesus Christ, I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner, and I know you're the only answer. Forgive me. Save me. They too can be saved. They can be cleansed. And once you're cleansed, you're not common. You're not unclean. You're going to heaven. You're my brother. You're my sister. And that's what I want for everybody. It's not about hate. It's not about division. It's about listening and obeying the word of God. This is, this is what I obey. And I was talking about it this morning in the Bible study. I love my country and I will defend my country until my country stops believing this. Until my country says that, that we're, we're not going to have churches. Until my country says it's not okay to worship Jesus Christ. 
until my country starts uh, victimizing, or not victimizing, but criminalizing Christianity. When that happens, yeah, I'll, I'll fight against them. But I got news for you. It's not going to come to that. I strongly believe that we're going home. And we're going home soon. And that's what sets me on fire, wanting to get more and more people to Christ and, and to reach them any way that we can. And you should be on fire. Uh, and, and look, Paul, uh, Paul um, Sean King and, and the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and whoever else is pushing this, George Soros and, and, and the devil's little puppets that he's got running around uh, saying the words that, that the devil wants them to say. And that's who's doing this. Everybody, I heard somebody ask me, it might have been Daniel who asked me, do you think uh, Sean King is the Antichrist? No, he's a moron. He's not the Antichrist. He's a puppet. He's a, he's a parrot. He's talking. He's a talking head for the people that are pulling the strings. And you ought to know that, Sean King. He's not important. He's just a mouth. But the problem is you've got millions of people in America that are following that mouth. And the devil's loving every minute of it. So, get right. Sean King can get right. We all can get right. But even so, come, Lord Jesus. I, uh, I tell Sean King this, though, and that's what I'm, the point I was going to get to, that uh, Hebrews 4.12 says the word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of spirit and soul and the joint and marrows and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That goes to me, that goes to him, that goes for everybody. The Holy Spirit sees everything. God sees everything. So the reason he wants to tear down these statues, he wants to do away with churches, he wants to do away with these King James Bibles and everybody who preaches out of them, the reason he wants to do that is because the word is tearing at him. He knows. But that's all the more reason to preach. That's all the more reason to tell him about it because it's going to pierce him. And one day he's going to stand before God. If he doesn't get saved, He's going to stand in that great white throne and he's not going to have any excuse because he was told. We all have been told. Let's get on fire for Jesus Let's, and pray. Look, I, I want to say this. I don't say things like this to fire people up to get them physically mad to go out and do physical harm to anybody. I do not profess that. I do not believe in it. Don't. Do not. Do not return evil with evil. That's what God says. You let him divvy out the punishment. He's going to have plenty of it. That's right. Now, I will tell you this, and Kevin and I talk about this all the time. You're not going to come in my house. You're not going to bring that trash in my yard. I will defend what's mine, what God has given me. I'll defend this church. I'll, I'll stand right at that door and wait for you. But I'm not going to go looking for you. I just forewarn you, do not come looking for me. Amen. All right, that's my message tonight. Pray for your enemies. Pray for the people that, that, that curse us and persecute us. They can be saved too. Just like we're talking about, you know, uh, God can, can raise Chris up out of that bed right now. God could change the heart of the vilest sinner. We sang the song, right? We sure can. We sure can. Matter of fact, let's do that. Let's Everybody come up here and let's, let's pray for Chris.